We all want to be our most creative, expanded, aroused, orgasmic selves. There's just one thing to do. Relax. This is the Rose Woman Podcast. Provocations for living whole, happy, and free your whole life long. I'm your host, Christine Marie Mason, founder, philosopher, author, mama, yogi, basically a human who's interested in helping women love their bodies more, especially their sensual and sexual selves, and live in more peace and purpose and power in the world. So what do you do when you want to drop in, when you want to create something amazing or connect with your family or friends or your lover, but you're feeling stressed out instead? Maybe your mind is racing or your body's just wired and jumpy or you're on an emotional hair trigger. Some people reach for a glass of wine or turn on a show to numb out but there are better options. Today, I'm going to give you six natural ways to calm your nervous system and to prepare your body to receive. What sparked this topic was a survey we did on rosewoman.com on what women wanted to learn more about in the sensual and sexual realms. And the number one thing was how to better relax. And that intuition is right on. Relaxation is a prerequisite for arousal and orgasm. Now, for everything we talk about today, there's science to back it up, so let's get into it. Dr. Stephen Porges, who is the founder of polyvagal theory, which is the science of safety and social engagement, says that the state of defense is incompatible with the state of relaxation. And so here we are, our lives have become habituated to a certain extent to chronic stress. And what I want to say about that is that most stress isn't an actual external threat that's happening in the moment. Most stress is borrowed from the future, worry, borrowed from the past, which is sort of rumination and regret, and even some kind of habitual pre-programmed responses to environmental cues. For example, a sudden movement may not be alarming for some people, but it can cause others to freeze. And the same thing with financial stress, demands at work, et cetera. But the good news is that we have all kinds of techniques that can send the body signals that it's okay to stand down and relax. And we can also use herbs and supplements that help the nervous system calm down. By giving the body these safety cues, we override the unhelpful symptoms of habitual high alert anxiety. So I'm talking today about seven categories of scientifically proven safety cues that you can give your body, and then a little bit about how to bring that together into daily ritual. So this in turn kind of invites a sense in this relaxation state of magic and sparkle and joy. And it helps you to be reverent and receptive in your body and more turned on by life. So in the show notes, I'll include links to more detail on many of these practices. And many of them are covered in part in a recently released book I did in November last year called The Nine Gifts. The first one, and the one that's the most accessible, is breathing. Now, breathing is when you override the autonomic nervous system and autonomic breathing, it's the most accessible way of sort of taking off autopilot and putting manual control over the heart rate. And when the heart rate slows down, it sends the body signals that everything is all right. So the simplest calming breath technique is called box breath or wheel breath. For me, I like to think of it as a wheel because that's a much more organic form, that round form. There really are no not many straight edges in nature. 
So to do this, I want you to sit up super straight in your chair or your seat or wherever you are and, and elongate the spine and begin to breathe. As you inhale, I want you to notice how the air comes in the nose, fills the sinus cavity, then drop it down into the lungs and let it expand the rib cage on the side and back and front. And then when you're fully, fully full of air, briefly hold your breath. Then exhale deeply, exhale, 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 pulling your belly in as you do so to help evacuate the lungs. And then pause at the bottom of the breath. Hold your breath out. And continue to do this. You want it to be even on the inhale and even on the exhale. Doing this even 10 times will shift your heart rate into a calmer, slower state. Let's do it two or three times together now. Inhale. Hold. Exhale. Hold. Inhale. Exhale. Just like that. And if you really are feeling anxious, instead of doing the one ratio in to the one ratio out, do one in to two out. So you would count to three on the inhale, hold for one, exhale on six, hold for one, and do that just a little bit longer on the exhale. The next category that I want to talk about is sound. The technique of regulating the brain or away from stress or anxiety through music or sound is really well-researched, and there are multiple ways to do this. The first one is just the pace. A 60 beats per minute is shown to regulate the heart rate and downregulate the nervous system. So if you're on Spotify or another music provider that has playlists that can be searched that way, look for playlists that are titled 60 beats per m or 60 BPM. You can find this in Baroque music and classical music, pop, in drone sounds. So 60 beats per minute is the first sound technique. The second one is something called binaural beats or two-eared beats. It's really only accessible if you're wearing good headphones because the sound is slightly differentiated. They, it sends one pattern, hertz pattern in the left ear and one hertz pattern in the right ear with a five or 10 hertz difference. And then as they come in, the brain synchronizes them. And then with this synchronization, the brain retunes itself. You really do have to have good headphones for the binaural beats to really work and do their job though. Binaural beats is the second sound mechanism. And then I want to talk about solfeggio frequencies. I was introduced to this by my friend Tim Van Deest. And Tim is a musician, but there are many other musicians who've researched solfeggio frequencies. Solfeggio-related skills and activities calm and stimulate the brain and the nervous system depending on which one you pick. So the one for relaxation is 432 hertz. 396 hertz can do it also. You can look again on any public media source, YouTube or Spotify, or go listen to Tim's music. I'll put that in the show notes as well. So solfeggio is the next one. And then the last one is centered listening. Even the simple practice of deep listening in nature or in your own space, coming into centered stillness can be a way of letting sound regulate your nervous system. Oh no, there's one more. Uh, toning and singing. This one is, of course, the nearest and dearest to my actual heart. When you open your mouth and sing and tone, 
or when you sing with other people, that also regulates the system from the inside. So toning is like, with your mouth closed, sounds like a really big vibratory hum, or you can do it with syllables like, when you can mix them. You can just play with that sound and see what happens. When you do the OM sound, which if you've been to yoga class at all, and you can feel how things are changing in the room, the OM is an invitation to vibrate at the centralized frequency. And it has demonstrable effects on the nervous system and relaxation also. So the AH starts in the belly, AH, and then there's an OO sound that comes up into the chest, and then the M is in the head, and then there's a little pause at the end. So if you want a very simple way to relax, you can even try this with me wherever you're at right now, just a humming and an om. And then a big inhale. Exhale completely. Inhale for om. Do that a few times and see what happens to your relaxation. All right, let's move into the third big category of relaxation techniques, and this is environmental cues. Have you heard of neuroaesthetics? It's the study of how the, the aesthetics of the space around you send cues to the nervous system. It can send excitement cues or activation cues, you know, bright lights, big, bold shapes are excitement cues, chaos cues. Uh, like hoarding, when everything's stacked up in the corner, which can impact the body. Even cues about abundance and safety. Did you know that all of the world's culture, for example, find a landscape with water hills and trees beautiful? Because what we find beautiful is what creates abundant life. Water for drinking, trees for shade, an indicator that things can grow, hills for protected vantage points. And this extends to safety cues in our immediate environment. Physical cues like order and cleanliness or even quality things that don't break as opposed to higher quantities of cheap things can calm us down. Calming scents can bring us into regulation, sort of aromatherapy stuff. Balance through shape and spaciousness, through harmonic colors. Uh, even light, candlelight and soft lighting, because ambient light puts the visual cortex on down alert, can help. Now, you don't have to have a fancy house or a high design house to do this. It's not an all or nothing thing. Although you might be inclined to and eventually get to making your entire home or office a sacred space, a single spot is all you need. Even a small home altar can provide cues, uh, though more commonly a bedroom or a workspace are places to make sanctuary. I remember when I had a lot of young children at home, I got a piece of advice from the columnist, the fly lady. 
She wrote that if you're anxious, you just take one spot and clear that out and create one place of rest. She called it shining your sink. Even if the dishes are piled up, there's always one clear spot you can do. You just clear out the sink, shine the sink, and start there. That's a place to start. Making your bed in the morning has a similar effect. That's not news. Even Marine Corps sergeants understand this to be true. It gives you a sense of getting something accomplished right away. So one spot of beauty, you can just start small. Create a ritual space uh, or practice daily rituals like lighting a candle or trimming fresh flowers in that space. It's a simple way of creating safety cues and a call to beauty. I wrote for Rosebud Woman a whole ritual guide on how to make altars and how to create sacred spaces and how to engage with those to mark the day and to mark the seasons, et cetera. So I'll link to that in the show notes also. So if these cues aren't enough, if the breathing and the music and the, and the neuroesthetics, et cetera, don't work for you, or if you just want to play with how different herbs impact you, I'll share what I know about plant medicines and what, how they can help with relaxation because they can definitely help your nervous system calm down. I'm going to skip over completely cannabis, THC, and CBD, although they're very well loved by many and legal in many states now. And I'll also skip alcohol because I believe it's a negative drug on the whole body, even though it's a depressant in the short term. And, you know, the whole thing about it's wine o'clock or, you know, uh, the jokes of female wine consumption in particular, because it's sort of the most accessible down regulator of choice. It's, all, it's highly addictive, and it's not easy on the body. It's hard on the internal organs in the long term. So I'll just talk here about lesser-known plants for relaxation. One favorite of mine is kana, which is an extract of Solitium tortuosa. You can get this over-the-counter. It has a nice relaxation and uplift effect. When I need something kind of a, a booster or relaxation, I get uh, this extract called kana bliss. Another is sassafras. Sassafras root bark when boiled into a tea, is both a euphoric and a relaxant. You can only buy sassafras as a skin treatment or as potpourri because it contains saffrol, which is a regulated substance containing a similar molecule to MDMA or ecstasy. So you're not going to have an MDMA experience with homemade sassafras tea, just a gentle heart opening. So if you live in a climate that supports growing sass, you can harvest the root bark yourself, and there are always ways to find people who are offering it, and then just boil it with cinnamon and orange peel or something like that. Strong, it gives like a tingly flavor on the mouth. Other common herbs for relaxation, which you can get in combination from places like doTERRA essential oils or through teas, are lavender, chamomile, and passionflower. Another one I like is kava kava. It's difficult to get authentic kava kava online. It's in Polynesia, people are growing it. In Hawaii, they're growing it. But you can try a kava extract. Let me know how it goes. It's not one that I would order online. I try to get it fresh from kava um, when I'm home. California poppy is another relaxant you can get. Gaia Herbs has a good extract, or you can make it on your own. If you're in California or anywhere that the California poppy grows, those big, bright spring flowers, I think it's February now, so or March now, so they, they're growing now, they're, they're blooming now. You can pick a bunch of, of, of it, flowers, stems, and leaves, and all, and put it in a mason jar and cover it with an alcohol base to sit for six weeks and make a tincture of your own that will last all year. Uh, you can only pick them in California on your own property or on private property because they're a protected flower, but if you have them, go for it. 
Another plant that falls into the relaxant category is valerian, which is sometimes known as the natural valium. It's a GABA uptake inhibitor, and it's great for sleeping. Um, I've read, though, that you're not supposed to take this with benzodiazepines, and I'm not a doctor. All the uh, excuses and things that I'm supposed to say, this is just me personally loving uh, the fact that plants are out there that can meet this need to relax. And I'll also put a plug-in for adaptogens like mushroom blends, reishi, cordyceps, all of those kinds of things, and just a general healthy immune system, not taking things that disrupt your home or hormones, keeping the hormones out of your products, because those are sort of wide systemic disruptors. Just schisandra is great for stress and, and general immune system support also. And I will put this in here because if you are in a place where healing psychoactive plants are legal, like Oregon and certain parts of Colorado or California, you might try, if you're really stressed out, microdosing psilocybin. And if you're working with big trauma-driven anxieties or addiction issues, plant medicine therapists can work with you on higher doses of psilocybin or ibogaine or other substances that help bypass the habitual mind. Uh, change the receptors in the body for certain addictive substances and treat deep traumas. Clinical trials on all of these therapies are are nascent, but very, very encouraging. And the FDA has fast-tracked the psilocybin studies because of their massive effectiveness on trauma around death and, and war and other major things that have happened to people. Or impending death, I should say. Death hasn't already happened. So in terms of topicals, which, you know, the skin is your biggest organ, it doesn't absorb as much as like the inner lip or the lip or the stomach, but it's still very absorb- absorptive. And I put uh, Shisandra chinensis in our body oil, and I put ashwagandha, damiana, suma, and maca in my arouse stimulating serum. And I'm going to put more of these in upcoming products. I also have a mushroom-based relax formula, not under the Rosebud brand, that I highly recommend. All right. So that's herbs. Where are we in our relaxation topic? We are on working with the body. Look, that one by itself, working with the body, rhythmic movement, which means walking, swimming, dancing, uh, just like getting into anything that gives you that like undulating movement. Think hula, think belly dance, think uh, pulsations of modern dance, those kind of movements. These movement activities generate oxytocin, the feel-good hormone in women. I will link in the show notes to other things uh, that can generate oxytocin, bathing rituals, masturbation, self-massage, petting a dog, petting a cat, having someone pet you, petting another person. So working with the body is a whole category in and of itself in relaxation techniques that can enhance Uh, your ability to receive and be in rest. Uh, The next category is co-regulation or calming with others. Most of the things that I've talked about so far have been things that you do alone. They could be done in group. You can make sound and sing in group. You can breathe together. Of course, you can dance together. Uh, And if you got that, that's amazing. In COVID, a lot of people are not in the space where They have a lot of people to do those things with, so they work alone also. But if you do have the ability to be with others, co-regulation, social beingness, cuddling, canoodling, breathing together, cooking together, singing together, laughing together, even merely sitting and speaking and being heard and mirrored by someone else can calm the nervous system. So 
in if you have someone near you, think about it. If you get concerned or afraid, you can turn to someone else and check in. Are we all right? And it's such an overlooked aspect of relaxation. One calm person can calm a room and one agitated person can agitate a room. By crafting families and communities that positively co-regulate, everyone benefits and can relax more. So now I want to talk a little bit about putting it all together and crafting rituals. A ritual is kind of a container in which to put all of these symbolic elements. So by using ritual, you can get in touch with the part of you that is reverent for your life, uh, reverent for life as a whole, including this physical embodiment of you. And it, it's, it's like I take and I create a space that's clean and safe and has symbols and colors and things that relax my nervous system and give me safety cues. And then I go through uh, intention setting and affirmation and I tune in and I listen and then I close. I have a whole guide to ritual creation um, and right creation and creating ritual space, which I'll put in the show notes. But the ritual is a way of giving your body all of the safety cues that we've discussed in one package. So if you want to make love, if you want to have a hot date night, take the time to make a ritual of preparation. Take the time to make a ritual of preparing the bedroom and notice what changes in the arousal state and in your ability to receive your partner and to give of yourself from your own true heart. There are a lot of not safe situations out there that are giving us cues right now. Busyness, the pandemic, economic stress. What Porges, Stephen Porges has mentioned before, calls the chronic evaluative nature of school, of work, you know, where you're always in evaluation, along with stress of climate change and climate grief. And, uh, and many relationships and marriages are filled with stress. So you're not alone. This is part of the universal human condition. So whatever you can do to create ritual space and relaxation rituals in your own life with others or by yourself will help you drop into the space of creative expansion and receptivity and arousal. So I invite you to sink into true enjoyment and incorporate some ritual into your day. It can have very far-reaching benefits. Our joy and centeredness uplift everyone we touch. You have every right to live your life in ease and joy, to enjoy your work, enjoy your body, enjoy your sex. And one path to do this is through relaxation. Relaxing your body and mind is key to receiving what life has in store for you. I know you can do it. If you're not using any of the relaxation methods I shared with you today, I challenge you to try one. You may already be doing one or more of them, and if so, just try a different one or mix it up and see what works best for you. Number one was deep breathing. Number two was sound or music interventions. I mentioned 60 beats per minute music, binaural beats, solfeggio frequencies, toning, deep listening. Number three was environmental cues. Then four, herbal support. Five, rhythmic body movements. Six, co-regulation with others. And the bonus seventh thing, putting it all together in personal ritual. Time on you is time well spent. It ripples out into the whole world. Relaxation is your birthright to go about the world in ease and grace. I believe in you and in our collective ability to open ourselves up to receive all the good that's out there. 
If you love this episode and know someone who would like a few ideas on how to relax and receive themselves, then do me a favor and pause and text a friend the link to this show. If you want everyday tools that you can use to increase your own sensuality, sexuality, freedom, love, maybe even just open some new possibilities or inquiries that you hadn't thought of before, then visit rosewoman.com. We'd love to meet you.